We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What up, everybody? It is 10 a.m. in the District of Columbia. Points north, south, east, and west. Be Mitch holding it down in the Navy Yard Studios. I am out in Ashburn, Virginia, as the commanders hold locker cleanout. Uh, big win yesterday for the boys. A, a real dominating win over the rival Dallas Cowboys. Anytime you get to, you know, kick the butts of Dallas is always a good feeling. Um, Twenty-six to six. Rookie quarterback Sam Howell makes an impressive debut, and it also just brings questions of kind of what what could have been this year. A team finishes eight eight and one. Uh, you know, they were seven and five in week 13 and they finished the season eight, eight and one. Good morning, Brian Mitchell. How do you do? I am very, very well, man. How are you? Uh, I'm good, dude. I, I kind of want to start right there and, and ask you. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. I want to say something for a lot of people in this town. Okay. How about them Cowboys? They suck. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Cause you know, they've been talking all this trash. I, I, I watched Dak Pre- I mean Wack Prescott play yesterday. Listen, bro. Did you call him Wack Prescott? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, pretty good. Because great. the way what, fifteen interceptions in twelve games? Yeah. Uh uh yesterday couldn't do much right. Uh his players didn't help him either, but he did not look like the the the, the quarterback he's supposed to be. And I will say this, those young guys that played for Washington yesterday, they were flying around. And you know what? Everybody's like, what you looking for? I'm looking for competition. I'm looking for them to go out there and show some fight, have some grit, show that they got some dog in them. Got some dog in those young bucks, bro. And you yeah. know, and I understand. Like I said, if the game was horrible, you could kind of expect it. But if they play better than horrible, you have to look at that and give them their credit. Young bucks came out to play. I I thought I, I totally agree. I thought um, Danny Johnson and Kalik Hudson were, were two of the best players on the field defensively. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I, I think. Jarrett Patterson was their best running back. It went for 80 yards at four and a half per carry. Jerry um, got some wiggle, bro. Dude, I, I legit think, B, that especially when they run kind of the delayed stuff for him, a little bit of a draw or just a delayed handoff. You lose dude, sight of him. Dude, the second level has no idea where he is. <laughs> they, yeah. they really don't, man. That's how Ricky Evers um, was. Actually, you know what? Now that you say that, I hadn't thought of that. Those two have a kind of similar body type. Yeah. Like no, I mean, I saw Ricky yesterday because he works for the league doing the uniform stuff. Yeah, they got the same little beard, about the same color. They little, they got the little extra tone in their hair. You know, they 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 might be the same guys. <laughs> I'm serious, dude. It, speaking of beards, so I've been in the locker room. Locker room opened uh, a little bit before nine. I've been down there for the last hour or so as people are packing up, and we'll get into all that. But JD McKissick rolled in, and I haven't physically seen him in a while because he's been. You know, on the IR with the neck injury, and and you got to really wonder about his kind of long term future after two years end with a scary neck injury. But mm-hmm. um, he has a new, <laughs> he has a goatee now, uh-huh. and the players on that team were giving him heat 
about his goatee. Dudes were yelling all sorts of stuff at him. I don't want to say who was saying what, but at, at one point somebody said, man, that, that looks like a dude that goes to movies by himself just because he had a goatee. <laughs> <laughs> somebody said, man, it looks like you drive a minivan now. It was uh, it was hysterical. Hey, that's um, how best they are. You know, The worse you get, if you're on the NFL, if you're on the NFL football team, you would never get talked to as bad as the people in that locker room would talk to you. And honestly, but it's all with love, dude. I I think the guys that aren't catching heat are the guys that people aren't paying attention to. Like if you if you're getting a bunch of grief, it's because they love you. Yeah, um, exactly. And one, I was happy they got to enjoy locker cleanout today because I've been in a lot of really bad vibe locker cleanouts. Yeah. Um, and. They deserve to enjoy the day because of the way they handled Dallas yesterday. And, and it was – now, they got gifted some stuff early on, but at, at least they converted on that first turnover. Um, and, they, dude, I mean, they shut the Cowboys' run game down. Dallas had 40 yards rushing at the end of the third quarter. Dallas finished with only 64 rushing yards. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and, and I, I want to say almost 20 of that was Pres- Prescott just scrambling around. Yeah, It was um, – Zeke did Zeke look very rush yards for Dak. Zeke like like uh, like what was it? I think uh, T- Santana said he said, "Look, man, you can tell who the starter is in that team." I said, "What you mean?" He said, "Look at the guy with the uh, brace on his leg. They got him out there, but the other dude, <laughs> they went to him like twice to Pollard. Pollard, dude, that Pollard had seven carries. Yeah, early on he wasn't touching at all. Right, but Zeke. What? Zeke looks slow, dog. Yeah, he does. I mean, he had eight carries for ten yards. One of my buddies. Uh, Alonzo, who's a Cowboy fan, he hit me and said, man, we suck. <laughs> they didn't look good yesterday, man. I, um, hey, man, they may be one and done. You know, I, I started off yesterday, you know, Leon Duncan, and, and I uh, I met this guy, Kenny Miller, through Leon. And the guy reached out to me, and he, he said, man, we going to kick y'all ass today. I say, man, y'all suck. If y'all make it to the playoffs, y'all be one and done. By the third quarter, I text him and say, man, Dallas sucks. He said, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, I want to – I kind of want to start – I want to ask you this question, B, because I've been wrestling with it in my own mind for, you know, pretty much since last night. You've been wrestling yourself. Okay, go ahead. <sighs> you know me. I'm always, I'm always wrestling myself. Um, how do we approach today? And And – they had a really good game yesterday. There's a lot to be excited about with Sam Howell. There's a lot of big questions to ask about maybe should Howell have been on the field earlier or and what what does this mean for next year for Howell? Like there, there's a lot to unpack with Howell, but I think you and I both agree that we were impressed by his performance yesterday. Yeah. I, I was impressed by the defensive performance yesterday. Um, you know, Terry balled out because that's what he does. There was a lot to like about yesterday. Like, I think we can look at ye- look at yesterday and try to focus on that because I think it's uh it's unfair to the guys that were playing throughout the week, a year and also to Howell because I'm gonna take you back to something when uh, Brock Purdy started playing for the 49ers what did everybody say everybody that did not want to believe in the 49ers said oh he's young they gonna catch on to him all right we saw Sam play one game nobody had time to prepare for him and nobody had a chance to catch on to him. So we don't know if he'll play like that every week. But yesterday he looked good. You know, and I think we, we just go there. When he got a chance to play, he was ready. Uh, we talked with Logan last week, and Logan was saying he wasn't ready. Well, I would say Sam proved that Logan wasn't right in my eyes 
Because if you play like that in your first game, hell, you can get better. And that kid could get better. That's why I asked the question that I asked to him last night. Because every time someone is making a move, someone is trying to tell you what you're not ready for, what you can't do. Maybe you can't force your inadequateness on somebody else. If somebody believes that you think they're not, and they're a worker and they're a competitor, they're going to prove to you that, you know what, hey, you may not believe him, but I damn sure do. And I would say for that kid to handle himself as he did yesterday, if he had played five, six, seven, eight games, I would see him getting better and better, not worse. You know what I'm saying? And you yep. let, you watch him. This dude doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. But the thing about it, he has a, a quiet confidence. He believes in himself. You know what? And I, you know, my daughter, my daughter works with the PA, and she said when she met him and also uh, Jahan uh, Dawson, Jahan Dawson, and she brags on them saying how how respectful they were, how mature they were. And he said all other dudes act like they were still in damn high school. And she said, those guys are respectful. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. That type. And that was funny because Maya's only 22 at the time. <laughs> so, but, and she, so I started quietly pulling for him. And you watch Sam. Sam don't say much. But Sam is the dude that's waiting for you to doubt him. And I love that about him. So, I mean, maybe we almost divide this in half then. Because I, I, I do, to your point, the guys that played yesterday that kicked ass deserve some credit. And maybe we'll do some credit pies and, and, and we'll look at it that way. But there's also the flip side of another season that ends without a playoff win. Mm-hmm. And, and Brian, when, when the season started, you and I both said to, to call this a successful year means a playoff win. It was not a successful I, year, no matter how nobody look at it. But there are the people out there, you know, we beat Dallas. In the last game. So we got them limping into the playoffs. That's successful to them. But in reality, this was not a successful year. 8-8-1, eight, eight and one, not successful. And we said win a playoff game. You're not in the playoffs. Not successful. We heard the coach say in the third year you take a step. I don't believe that they take a, a great step. But we can, all, we can focus on the last game and give a lot of credit to a lot of people in the last game. You know, I think defensively, hey, listen, <laughs> Deron Payne's still a damn menace. I love Deron. You know, you look at the you wanna, offense. You want to laugh about something about Payne real quick? What? Maybe it just was the sweatsuit he chose today. He rolled into the locker room in like a neon green sweatsuit. And it, it just seems like a fella that's about to make a lot of money, man. <laughs> hey, man. The whole thing about it is you go, you go get 11 and a half sacks. And, a year, and after a year where they did not do your uh, – Pick up your option. Uh, a year when basically everybody, they went drafted, uh, what's the kid from Alabama? I keep forgetting his name. Federian Mathis. They, they d- draft Federian Mathis to fill his spot, and he went out and he balled. You know what? You have to have some confidence in yourself because he he he, he took everything on the chin, and he just stepped out on the field and performed. And he and I think he put a, 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 out, he, he put a performance out there that could match anybody that's played D-tackle for Washington. Yeah. For sure. Um, I think uh, it's just really tough for me to try to balance yesterday against the what-ifs. And frankly, I think the staff and the players are probably trying to balance the what-ifs. Like Kendall Fuller last night came to the podium to speak to the press after, you know, his second pick six in the last two months. Mm -hmm. And – a big win, and, and really, in a lot of ways, 
I don't want to say only because, I mean, McCain played, I believe. But, like, Fuller was one of the few veterans on the field last night. Uh-huh. Um, in, and, and they played well, right? Who, was gonna, um, who else was going to be there at, at corner? You saw Danny was playing. Uh, I don't. Danny how, played. Christian Holmes played. Yeah. Who are the other corners? Who played? <laughs> I, I'm not saying he shouldn't have played. I'm just yeah. saying, like, they largely went with young guys, but Fuller was out there. And in the post-game conference, press conference, it kind of ended up just being me and Grant talking to him. And he brought up almost immediately, he was like, man, I'm so happy with this win, and it means a lot to the guys, but damn if it's not bittersweet because we're not going to the playoffs. Like, the players recognize yeah. what feels like, in a lot of ways, be lost opportunity, man. Yeah. And I think the staff would say the same thing. I think you can pick – your game that you want to be frustrated by. Um, and I think, listen, all the losses count the same. So if you're mad about the Titans loss or, or whatever it is, that's fine. But the stretch of two games against the Giants where you only get a tie and then losing at home really in a blowout fashion to the Browns. I mean, I, I think it's that combination. Uh, I mean, Four games with the playoffs basically on the line each week. You go tie, loss, loss, loss. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm. it's so fun for fans and for the players and for Sam Howell and his family and, I mean, Jarrett Patterson and, and Kalik Hudson. Like, there's so many good stories from yesterday. That's Jarrett being from the area. Totally, man. And growing up with a ton of Cowboys fans chirping them, like anybody that's from this area that had to deal with that BS. Um, you know – Yesterday's win is so great, but you you can't help but think about the wasted opportunities and, frankly, that this team should be playing next week. Yeah, you, you could think it, but you know what? They didn't have no business, and I think that's the, uh, that's the reality in this thing. We can sit up here and we can uh, imagine or we can think, we can feel. Obviously, they shouldn't be because they're not, because they didn't handle business when they were supposed to. You said it, sitting there 7-5, and five, and then all of a sudden you – you tie a game, then you lose three, you know what I'm saying, and then you, you win at the end. The fact that they and and this is what I always talk about, and and I, and I will keep talking about it till I think I'm seeing it on a consistent basis. We we had this not this not this our mindset, a lot of us in the media and everybody else that believes in what what we were hearing from Ron that you know what he starts slow, but his teams play strong late. Well, it's been proven that his team starts slow. They get up in the middle, and then they fall off again before they could do something else. Well, how about start off fast? And the way you can start off fast is that the intensity and the importance and the intent of practice and things of that nature gets a little elevated early. And then all of a sudden now you start a little faster, and if you have that natural run that they normally get, let's say when we start like what, two and four? What if you're four and two or just three and three? And look at how everything else panned out. Okay, now you're sitting at nine, seven, and one, or maybe 10, six, and one, or whatever. And all of a sudden, now you can see that things can change. But I am one where I think when you put yourself in a position and you have to be damn near perfect, that's the hardest thing in the world to, fi- to, to finish up and accomplish. When you are behind, you've dug a hole, I got to dig myself out this hole. As that hole, if that hole is a little deep, when you're trying to get out and you're trying to throw the dirt up over the thing, if dirt falls back in the hole and, you, and you, you, you're you working double time, you're working harder, 
And other people, when they don't have to stress, they're going to beat you. I think we need to figure out how to get this thing started off the bat quick. Like, you go all gas, no brakes. Let's find a way to hit the hit the gas early. Where We start off, we hitting the gas brakes, gas brakes, gas brakes. And what does that do? That runs. It make you run out of your gas. When you're on the highway and you're just rolling down the highway, you might be traveling 100 miles by. Your car is burning less gas than if you're starting, stopping, starting, stopping, starting, stopping. See what I'm saying? Well, I, I, I totally agree, B. And, and unfortunately, I think a lot of this, the late season anyway, mm-hmm. look, we saw one game of Howell, and it was enough to be intrigued and impressed and encouraged. Two eyes and an E. I, I, if you disagree, you let me know. But I am no, intrigued by his talent. I was impressed by what he got done in his first ever game, and, and I was encouraged by what I saw. I can tell you this. I look for, and I keep talking about, you know, how to pair the players respond. When you listen to the players, even Terry, and Terry is one of the best at not letting his true feelings come out. He tries to be even keel about everybody. When he talks about Taylor and he talks about Sam, that's an extra spark in his eye, and he has a little bit of elevation in his voice. I watch, I listen to every player talk about it. They respond to those two guys the same way. They did not respond to Carson the same way. And I would say this. I'll go out on the limb. There's no damn way Ron talked to coach players and they say, yes, start Carson in that game against Cleveland. There's no way that happened. That was something the coach wanted to do. I don't believe players told him to start Carson. Brian going one step further, dude. I have a hard time believing a lot of coaches wanted him to go to Carson. I'm with that. I am totally I, with that. I, I don't want to make this – a show where we just blast Carson Wentz. No, we're not talking. It's not just blasting Carson Wentz. Listen, but but B, you got to wonder if they don't go to Carson against Cleveland. Even, say you don't go to Howell, but you just stick with Heineke there. You have a better chance. And see, it's not a blast Carson Wentz thing. You know, listen, Carson didn't make any of these decisions, and it's not blasting people. When you make decisions, you will be criticized or critiqued on your decisions. Right. So listen, you're in a position of coach. Like, we're, 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 we're on the radio every day. We say a lot of stuff. You think people don't question us? But the whole thing about it is when you are wrong in things you do, big things you do, it's going to be discussed. That's the position we chose. I chose to be a, be a football player, okay? And as I got bigger and bigger and, and, and older, when you become a quarterback and you, you show something one year, they're going to expect it the next year. So you're judged by what you've done. And also what you say. That's why I've always said if people just learn to not say so much, you won't be judged as harsh. So when you say things and you, we got ourselves a quarterback, do we? We've heard the owner said, we heard the coach said, now this year we got to get a quarterback. Understand? So if they, if they just went out and got a quarterback, and at the end of the year last year, we have to get a quarterback. So guess what you had to do? You had to go get somebody. So in a sense, you were forced to go get Carson Wentz. I, I, dude, you could have not gone and got Carson Wentz. Like, we need to be honest. Like, they did it, but you didn't have to. Yep, but they made the comment that they had. They, they said they had to get one, and when you make the comment, you got to live up to it sometimes. Sometimes, I, I, shh, don't say as much. It, for me, it's just like you look at this season, and 
they lost games throughout. Like I mean, they were seven and five. It's not like they were eleven and three, right? Like I, I want to be clear. But man, you go to Carson Wentz week seventeen, and he's god awful, and you don't pull him in the second half and give your t- team a chance to win. That is what's going to be really, really questioned. I think Ron Rivera is going to speak with the media tomorrow. I believe Martin Mayhew will as well. Serious questions there, and and Brian, I'm ready to say this. I don't know that Howell is the answer. Period. Mm-hmm. But you cannot be trading assets for another veteran. I, I, I'm I'm done with the I'm done with trying to build off somebody else's trash. Quick break. When we come back, let's talk Howell. Eleven o'clock. We'll open the phones. There is so so much to discuss. Don't go anywhere. It's B Mitchell Fifth. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. B. Mitchell Finley, 106.7 The Fan. Make sure you're following along on social media. You can follow the show at B. Mitchell Finley. And I'll be honest, I have no idea who sends those tweets, but sometimes they're funny. Um, You can follow Brian at B. Mitch Live, NBCS. I know who sends his tweets. Uh, you can follow me at JP Finley MBCS. I believe I know who sends those. Um, be a, a couple of thoughts for me, kind of 24 hours after watching Howl. Um, you know, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm impressed. I'm encouraged. But more than anything, and and I want to give you credit because you said this last year when they traded for Wentz. I'm out on them going after another veteran. 
trade market, free agency, whatever it is, I'm out. Like, just stop. Mm-hmm. It's not working. Like, everybody knocks the Colts for going, what have the Colts done? Rivers, Wentz, Matt Ryan. What have the Commanders tried? Fitz. <laughs> I mean, they. Go back they, before Fitz. Fitz, Wentz this year. Before <laughs> Fitz was like. Alex. I mean, it was it was Dwayne, then uh, reluctantly Alex. Before that, I mean, remember they acquired Case Keenum, like, and then it was Alex before that. Yeah. But, I mean, the only quarterback that we've that's been here that didn't get hurt was Kirk, and they ran him out of town, and now Kirk's got the number two seed in the NFC playoffs and has had a really good year. Yeah. I, I don't know that Kirk's ever going to win you a Super Bowl, but. I'm just I'm out on chasing it, other people's veterans. Are you, I, are you the, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I, I've heard so many coaches, coaches that have tried to retire, coaches have retired, and even when I talk to coaches that are retired right now, they always talk about the thing that they miss most is developing men. Okay, and we've seen so many people try in this situation where they're not trying to develop men; they want to get somebody who's developed, and then they're going to take the credit for it. I think one of the uh, qualifications of a coach needs to be that you know how to take a guy from one point to the next. Listen, in the NFL, most of these players should be self-motivating. But there are also coaches who can take you along the way. I, I credit, you know, Don Bro for helping me develop as a running back. You know, I had my dedication to it. Ernest Bryan talked to me. But Don, the things he told me worked. I got to Philly after 10 years of playing, and Ted Williams helped me even more. You know what I'm saying? It's like you never stop learning. When you're in any profession, you're always trying to get better. And when you have a coach who can help you get there, you know, you're going to thank them. I'm sure it's like little league coaches and people we've seen that you think you like to thank a lot. But then we got so many times where we don't worry about that. We just want to go get the player. And then we always go, well, he wasn't ready. Get him ready. In in part of coaching, getting is getting somebody to ready to to get where you want them to be. Isn't part of coaching is coaching them up to be the player that you thought they could be. It's not all on the player, and that's why a lot of times we blame players. And I blame players too. When I see a player that's kind of lazy, I'm gonna talk about his ass. But when they're player after player after position after position, I see laziness from a staff, and a lot of people just like I felt like in Michael Vick's situation in uh. And in Atlanta, they never made him a quarterback. They just was like, you're an exceptional athlete. When something breaks down, make it happen. But he went up to Philadelphia, and you watched somebody coach him and made him a better quarterback. So if we don't have those people in place, that's what we're missing. That's what we're lacking. You can't expect everybody to roll in town and already be held, be automatically perfectly fit for what we want them to do. You got to like take that little clay and mold it into what you want. Great tweet here from Dennis Bailey. I, uh, I, so I just tweeted out kind of what we discussed that I, I'm out on trying to acquire another veteran. I mean, the quarterback abyss I've, I've discussed is just so unforgiving and so hard to fight your way out of. Just stop being in it and mm-hmm. just try to develop something. And this dude, Dennis Bailey, responded to me. This made me laugh. Said, sir, sounds like you're asking for the coaching staff to develop a guy as opposed to having the Brady incarnate fall out of the sky. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a different it mindset. Like. And, and you know what? That's not a bad thing to be asking for, Jay. 
Um, I, I agree, man. I, I think it's totally reasonable. Um, you know, Carson Wentz came in the locker room this morning and saw the media and went back to the trainer's room. Um, I imagine he'll talk, but you never know. Um, Carson has been cool. One thing that was really cool yesterday, I don't know if this was reported, but Wentz had a suite for the season that that's fairly standard for uh, starting quarterbacks to just kind of have their own suite that people get to go. Usually it's like their family and then a lot of other players' wives kind of hang out in there. Um, and it's my understanding that Wentz let Howell have the suite yesterday because he had a bunch of – uh, obviously, you know, his family, his friends, he's, I think he grew up outside of Charlotte. So it's not that people probably just hop in the car and drive up here for his debut. If, if they don't fly up, um, and stuff like that, like Wentz's a good dude, like he's a good person, but I, I, is there any scenario B where you're keeping him around? No, not me. No, right. I wouldn't yeah, be. I, I mean, like it, it may be a scenario that they could make, but I don't think it's a scenario that it should be anywhere possible. Yeah, I agree, and, and I kind of think Ron has said as much when he's like, yeah, you know, QB1 remains our, our biggest hurdle. Um, I don't disagree with him that QB1 is the biggest hurdle, um, but they, they kind of say that like it like it's such a rarity. QB1's the biggest hurdle for the whole NFL. Like, yeah. QB1's the biggest hurdle for – 26 out of 32 teams. Like, there's just not that many good slash great quarterbacks around. And that can't be like a crutch to lean on, yeah. you know? Um, I, I Eventually, you got to find QB1. You, you got to find him. And the thing about it is, how about get a guy that may not end up being QB1, but instead of him coming in as a three and he stays a three or goes to a three five, take him to a five. We come to the end of the five, take him to a six or seven. That that's what I'm asking for. I'm not asking that we have to go hit number ten. We have to go find Patrick Mahomes. But if I can find a guy who's a seven and a half, an eight, and he's that consistent all the time, now I can prepare my team around that. But we normally get a guy who's a seven or six, and he's not consistent at it, and most times he played way below it. So just get me somebody that's consistent. I haven't like, seen what that. Would you, what would you say Kirk was when he got here? Six and a half? I think Kirk came in as a guy who was, like, you know, above average. And he played it consistently enough. You knew you weren't going to get much at, at a certain point because he had this, this gene in him where he did not want to try stuff. Now he tries it, you know. and But when it gets to the biggest situation, he resorts back to what he used to be. I think, you know, Kirk, if you had put some people or some pieces around him, you could have built something up. But the unfortunate thing is people were making decisions based off of what they felt about a person instead of making decisions based on how does he fit your team to be better. Yeah, I mean, the decision-making process around Kirk Cousins with this organization was incredibly stupid, but it's yeah. also so long ago. But but let's say Kirk, when he was drafted here, fourth rounder out of, out of Michigan State was a six. Mm -hmm. Six out of ten. Six and a half. Whatever you want to say. I, I, I think he improved significantly over his time here to the point where he was probably, you know, if he was a six and a half by the time he left Washington, he was probably a seven and a half. And there was some, I think, some real, like, kind of emotional baggage there um, by fans and by Kirk and by mm -hmm. the front office and by the coaching staff, everybody. 
Um, and I think now he's probably playing at like an eight, eight and a half level for Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about, about Kirk, though, like people expect athletes to be these uh, robotic type people where I'm going to go out and perform and everybody is basically taking a, a dump on me. And I'm supposed to go out all the time and play that perfect. Uh, uh, they're human beings too, and I think Kirk got to that point where a lot of times he can he didn't give a damn about what we like. Okay, so fine, we'll see. We'll see what it's gonna be when I'm gone. And he could not right. wait to get the hell out of here. You got a lot of people bash, bashing him, coaches also, media, fans. So it comes to a point where you expect that guy to be able to go out there and play to his highest ability every time he gets on the field when everybody is talking about how bad he is. It's hard. It's virtually impossible. Think about anybody at their job right now. You 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 go to work every day and you try to put on a good face and do your job to it, and then they never, ever give you any kind of promotion, no raise. They don't look at you. All of a sudden, you start getting to work a little later. You leave a little earlier. You can give a damn about meeting your quotas because, you know what, that's what human beings do. Human beings get to the point where, oh, if you don't give a damn about me, I don't give a damn about you. And I think Kirk even dealt with some of that. Totally. and I mean, the Kirk thing was so broken on a million different ways. But my, my point is, like, look at Ryan Tannehill, okay? Like, we can get away from Kirk. Um, let's get off Mamas because I just got off yours. Like, we don't have to talk about Kirk. There's plenty of quarterbacks we can talk about. Um, Ryan Tannehill in Miami was largely a bust. The yeah. Titans saw something in him, signed him, developed him, surrounded him with talent, had a really good run game, and they were able to make it work with Tannehill for a few years. Yeah, Like, you can develop at the position without going after – like, people want to say Derek Carr, right? I, I just – it doesn't do it for me, man. I, I just feel like we've seen it. Um, what it would cost to get Carr I don't think will be insignificant. Uh, I, I just – I don't know that Howell's the guy at all. I don't know. Maybe you can bring Heineke back. I, I don't know what – I mean, let's be real. We don't even know what's going to happen with the offensive coordinator. I think it's entirely possible. I mean, Sam Fortier had a story in the Washington Post this weekend about, you know, members of the offense being frustrated by the play calling. I, I think enough guys kind of alluded to that on the record that you don't even necessarily need it off the record. But I, I do think that's a scenario. Like, if you look around the NFL, the first fu- coach was fired. Well, I guess coaches had already been fired, but you saw a coach get fired last night in Lovey Smith. Um, yeah, that's kind of co- interesting. Two years in a row, they fired coaches after one year. Uh, I mean, that team's a disaster. Yeah. Although maybe they're just mad at Lovey for winning yesterday and costing them the like, okay, then. I heard through the grapevine, you're trying to make me go out. I will never, ever change my mind that I'm not trying to win. But let's think about the court, the offense coordinator, Jay. He just got an extension. Sure. How the hell are you going to – what sense – how does that make any sense to – three-year extension, I think it is. And if he was to leave, you say, I'm going to let him go this year. The question would be, why the hell you gave me an uh, extension then? I want to talk about that specifically and what it means about a potential sale, about selling the commanders. Because we could talk about quarterbacks, O-line, coordinators, DBs. We could talk about all of it. But the absolute biggest question out here remains, is this thing getting sold? Now, it, it, 
Dan Snyder has contracted Bank of America to sell his asset. If you are considering one of the most important transactions in your life, selling or buying a home, there is only one person you should call in the DMV, and that person is John Leahy. You need to call John Leahy because great marketing will get you great results, just like LeVette. LeVette was moving into to a house with her son and her grandkids, so she needed to sell her home in Frederick, Maryland, which had become too much maintenance for her. At the same time, she was dealing with a lot of difficulties and anxiety. So she needed the best agent available, and that was John and his team. With John's aggressive marketing at work, the home was sold for 4% above LeVette's asking price. LeVette was happy and grateful to have this worry resolved so quickly and for more money. We're talking about John Leahy and the Fine Living Group of EXP Realty. Go to johnsellsdmv.com and find out what your home's value is in seconds. It only takes a few seconds to request an instant cash offer on your home at johnsellsdmv.com. And John offers you flexible fees customized to your needs. How does he do it, you might ask? Well, it's simple. John Leahy has a deep bench of buyers in waiting. More than 10,000 buyers ready to go. They've already got their financing lined up. They are ready to make an offer. He can get your home sold before you know it. That's why I would trust John. That's why B would trust John. Call him today, 301-900-3052. Go online to johnsellsdmv.com. Or what's even easier, just Google John Leahy Group and start packing. I think Landfill's doing a uh, Buster Rhymes Appreciation Day, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. It's it's interesting, B. I I think, um, why is everyone asking me about Lamar Jackson? Like, where is this craziness coming from? Yeah, because everyone thinks Lamar's going to be leaving, and I saw one of these uh, uh, things, uh, the people that follow the team, and they got their name in it, was talking, they had Lamar Jackson in a commander's uniform and all that. So you know how that goes, man. Here's what I have to, to tell those people. Stop. <laughs> Stop it. I. You know, everybody's trying to be the first to try to do something, try to bring out this. You talk about clickbait. That's clickbait. That is straight up clickbait. I, I, Lamar's a great player. I have a hard time seeing him get out of Baltimore. Maybe he will. Who knows? I just I, I don't see that happening. Um, I don't know where the heck he would go. <laughs> I, 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 look, can we just not entertain? I'm getting like 50 tweets about Lamar Jackson. I just it, it seems nuts. You know what? And and let's, let, listen, give us time to to break this season down before we start talking about the season next year. We'll, we'll get to those points and talk about stuff. But I really think that the Lamar Jackson. Uh, conversation will not be one that's going to get a lot of uh, traction here in this town. I I don't see it, man. <laughs> um, I I could be wrong, but I I just I don't see that, man. I think um, like if I don't want him to trade for Derek Carr, what's a trade for Lamar going to look like? <laughs> or do people think he's just going to be a free agent? That Baltimore's just going to let him walk? That's not happening. The last I, – I, I don't see that happening at all because they could tag them. They got options. They're smart. Um, dude, for all we know, Lamar could start next week in the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, that's silly stuff. Um, all right, I want to do I, – I, I think we do a credit pie. I, I think we should because that was a really impressive win yesterday. And, and we've got – 
plenty of time to discuss kind of the downfall and collapse of this season, and I don't think we need to get away from that either. Uh, I, I, this is not I'm, – I'm not trying to provide false hope or false excitement, but they did have an impressive win yesterday, and that deserves – that deserves to be talked about. And I think folks really want to talk about Howell. Um, if you look at Howell's numbers from yesterday, they don't exactly jump off the screen. He was 11 of 19, 58% completion percentage, not very high, but uh, threw for a buck 69 with a touchdown and an interception. The pick was terrible. I mean, he threw in a triple coverage in the end zone. Um, but he's also a fifth-round rookie quarterback that had never played before. Uh, took three sacks. I talked to him afterwards, said that he didn't. Love a couple of the sacks he took. Um, he was under immense pressure all day. You know what? When he was saying that, I said, this dude here is savvy and well-taught. He, he basically gave he, – he put no blame on nobody. Took it all oh, on yeah. himself. What do players love the most about a quarterback? He who does not act like everything I'm going to do something good is about me, every time something bad is somebody else. They love a guy who's going to – deflect the blame from them. He did that yesterday, and I was smiling like, oh, yeah, this dude knows what he's doing. Yeah. I I mean, B, did you notice the first thing he said to me in postgame was, yeah, I left some plays out there on the field. Yeah. And whether that's true or not, that's what a quarterback's supposed to say immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he has – just from a personality standpoint, because I've kind of got to watch him all year and, and, and talk to him throughout the season. I mean, I talked to him when he got drafted way back in April, whatever. Um, he has this super low-key kind of aw-shucks Southern guy mentality, like per- persona, and, and I think that's real. But, dude, he's a hyper-competitor on the field. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can tell that. Just the, the touchdown run, I mean, he lowered his shoulder at the goal line. Oh, yeah, when you go into the end zone, you got to be willing to – listen, the, work, the last thing you want a quarterback doing is to be in in between that decision of am I going to go for it or not go for it. You know, When you're at that point, because when you're not going 100, you're going to get hurt. Most people, if you lower your shoulder and get low enough, they back off because they don't want you to hit them in their thighs, their knees. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think he understands that, but he made his mind up. I'm getting in this damn end zone. And right. that aggressiveness right now helped him get in. He goes up there and he's like in between. He might get <laughs> destroyed by a defender then. You know what's a little bit funny to me, B? And I, maybe I'm just looking at this because the season's over and, and they knew the season was over yesterday going into that game. But all season, and certainly I think the Giants' loss at home on Sunday Night Football – as kind of the, the the low mark for this. But there's been this thought that, you know, Scott Turner doesn't run the ball enough. They don't call enough run plays. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday, this team ran 60 offensive plays. 41 of them were runs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, they ran the hell out of the ball yesterday. They couldn't get much going with Jonathan Williams. Um, I was kind of surprised, honestly. Now, he, he was kind of trying to hit the interior a lot. Um, he was 14 of 32, 2.3 a pop. Jared Patterson was able to move the rock, though. 17 carries, 78 yards, uh, 4.6 per. Howell, I thought, was quite an impressive runner. And, and lest anyone be confused, those were not all scrambles. There was some design stuff in there. I thought he did a real good job on two 
options where he identified he had the run lane. Um, you know, Howell gained 35 with his feet. Hmm. And, and, and of Howell's stats, if you look at 11 of 19 for 169, he connected on the one deep shot. I believe it was a 52-yarder to Terry McLaurin down the right side. That was a, a really pretty ball. Great catch from Terry. There was another deep shot to Dotson that I think Dotson, when he rewatches that, probably he's going to wish he got that ball. He, he brought it in. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been a heck of a catch, but he could have made the catch. One thing that really stood out to me, Brian, and, and I, I don't know if we talked about this on postgame or not, and – I don't know if the numbers are posted yet. Maybe Landfill can try to track them down. I am really curious about yak numbers from yesterday with McLaurin and Dotson about their their yards after the catch because I'd say I I don't mean this. I'm not not trying to take a shot at anybody. I, I thought yesterday in simply one game we saw a quarterback hit receivers in stride. Yep, where where in in rhythm where they were able to catch the ball in front of them and keep running. I think we saw that the best we've seen all year. And, and, and frankly, I think there's a lot of situations where Heineke is accurate, but the ball isn't thrown on a rope. It's just not a laser. Howell has the arm strength to do that. And, and I don't think Wentz was very accurate. So <laughs> there wasn't a lot of opportunity for yards after the catch with those guys. Howell gave him a real chance with that. Yeah, he did. And I think that's the thing about it. Like he, he were, you know, he was able to anticipate throws. He led guys. I think the the worst thing I've seen since I've gotten into the since I got to the NFL were young quarterbacks when they come in they throw to the player instead of to a spot. I think that kid threw to a spot in preseason. He was throwing to players. Okay, Did, yesterday he threw the spots, which tells me he's learned something. You know. And if he keep pushing that, now I'm not going to sit out here today and go, oh, yeah, he's the one. No, I saw improvement. I saw some growth. And I think he can have some more of that. But the thing that you can't teach is that toughness, heart, moxie. He has that already, too. So, you know, maybe you can help improve some of his uh, techniques and things of that nature, his footwork. But just having a, pl- a quarterback who's going who's gonna to give his all, he's like that already. Well said, B. Let's do this. Phone lines, 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. MGM National Harbor listener lines are open. We're going to do credit pie, and we're going to make Jeff work. Call in now, taking your calls. Don't go anywhere. It's B. Mitch Finley. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.